Welcome to Becoming Digitally Resilient with IDC Industry Thought Leadership. This is the third, count them, third of our focus segments on becoming digitally resilient in the health and life sciences industry. And today we're talking about driving innovation, specifically in life sciences, digital evolution and an attitudinal revolution are reshaping the life sciences industry. I'm proud to be joined by, and you could wave for the camera, Dr. Namita LeMay. We met on another podcast segment. So happy to see you again. And Mike Townsend, we met also. Mike, wave hello for the camera. We're going to discuss reimagining drug discovery and the delivery of care and reimbursement in the healthcare industry. They're also going to be touching on the convergence of health and life science. And here's a term we haven't talked about yet, factory 4.0 in life science and the new care delivery models, hospitals at home. Oh my, is all I can say. Namita, please reintroduce yourself to our audience. Go ahead. Hi, Bonnie. Lovely to be here. Thank you. Um, I'm Dr. Namita LeMay. I'm a research VP. I lead our life sciences R&D strategy and technology program at IDC. Um, I've spent about 25 years in the life sciences industry working with life sciences companies like pharma, CROs, and life sciences tech consulting companies, and even run my own company. And as I have seen the life sciences industry inching along, I really feel that it's data, technology, and, and analytics that are going to reshape the life sciences industry. These are certainly exciting times. Certainly are. Thank you very much, Namita and Mike Townsend. I'm going to ask you to unmute yourself and please reintroduce yourself to our audience. Go ahead, Mike. Hi, thank you, Bonnie. Namita, nice to see you. Uh, I'm Mike Townsend. I'm a research director for commercial life science strategies at IDC Health Insights. Uh, I've been in this role about seven years after a long career in manufacturing. <clears throat> And uh, I've, uh, I've had the pleasure in my previous career of uh, helping specify some uh, various uh, IT programs like CRM and ERP. Uh, a lot of what we work on now didn't exist uh, back then. Uh, we didn't talk much about artificial intelligence and so on. But anyway, I, I cover primarily the commercial side of life, uh, of life sciences, things like manufacturing, supply chain, sales and marketing, revenue management, but uh, Namita and I collaborate on a lot, and there's obviously a lot of technology that affects, uh, you know, all aspects of like science companies. And uh, I'm excited about a lot of the technological change, uh, as Bonnie has mentioned. COVID-19 has really uh, uh, not only exposed some of the challenges that we have, but it's really accelerated a lot of the changes. You know, if you think of uh, the development of vaccines. Uh, from a completely new illness, you know, what we've seen is a gigantic uh, worldwide uh, clinical trial that's had huge numbers of participants. Yes. And we continue to monitor, uh, you know, the effectiveness, uh, the, the effectiveness against new strains and new variants, and just the sheer number of, of people uh, with, um, you know, any kind of breakthrough infections, uh, any kind of adverse events, everybody's tuned into this now. And I think that, you know, probably uh, a year or two ago, most people didn't really think about clinical trials that much. But, um, you know, it's just been, uh, it's been amazing. There's been a lot of technology behind the scenes that's been facilitating that. And uh, just a lot of exciting developments. Um, I think when Dunbrack said in a previous session, we've seen 
two years of digital transformation in two months. And I completely agree with that. I'm really looking forward to, uh, to a lot of these improvements and changes and uh, the technology that's going to help us get there. Thank you, Mike. Great overview and happy to have both of you back. Namita, I asked you for a quote from a fictional character and you 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 went around the block on that one. You picked a quote stated on The Office by Steve Carell's wonderful character, Michael Scott. But it was actually a quote from the real person, Wayne Gretzky. And because I love the quote so much, why not? In The Office, if anybody doesn't know, American mockumentary sitcom TV series NBC, March 2005 to May 2013. Eight years plus three months. What can I say? Here's the quote. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Namita, talk to us. How does this apply to our topic today, please? Thanks, Bonnie. And I really think that is so relevant. That quote fits in perfectly with what the industry is going through today. Uh, you know, uh, look at what this industry was doing. Pharma was per se a tech averse industry. And Mike just pointed out not so long ago, clinical trials or even the, the adoption of technology was much lower. And then these two years, there was so much of disruption in the way things were done just to sustain and to continue clinical trials, to continue, actually, it was not just about business. It was about continuing to be able to deliver those medicines to patients who needed those, right? And technology had to be adopted. So, and as you know, what I really feel happened in the past two years was this was a proof of concept. You do a proof of concept for a trial or a technology. This was a proof of concept for the life sciences industry that technology could work, that both the providers and the patients would accept it. And that's where that has scaled things. And if you look at the way the industry is responding today, nobody wants to go back. They have realized that if they don't take these shots, they're going to get left behind. And so you really got to take every shot that you can. And that's where it's coming from. I really believe this is an opportune time for the industry to wake up and adopt these technologies and transform the life sciences industry. Thank you very much, Namita. Appreciate the quote. And it goes with a quote we had in a previous segment from Grandmaster Jedi, Grandmaster Yoda, do or do not, there is no try. Well, if, <laughs> yeah, do it. 100% of the shots. You either do it or you don't, right? Namita, I'm looking at your notes. You have some interesting topics here. Let's talk about the borders in life sciences. And also you say data has become the new gold. We usually hear the new oil. I love the term new gold. Real world evidence has served as an eye-opener for pharma. Why don't you dive into those topics for us? And then we'll see what Mike has to say. If he agrees or disagrees, Mike, get ready. Go ahead, <laughs> Namita, you're up. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I think data has become the new gold. So, you know, it's, it's literally raining data everywhere. And absolutely, real-world evidence has become an eye-opener for pharma. Normally, you looked at randomized controlled clinical trial data. But is a drug working or not should be really looked at in a real-world setting. And that's where, you, you know, real-world data is being leveraged, whether it is through discovery, to development, through commercialization, through the entire value chain. And the industry is digitizing data like never before. So you can see that data explosion happening. And genomic sequencers are generating over 10 terabytes of data in one run. So if you want to really accelerate discovery, drug discovery, for example, and we know how, how cost-intensive and time-intensive this process is, 
if you want to accelerate drug discovery, today you have things like GPU-powered transformer models that are disrupting conventional drug discovery, and you're, it's allowing tens of thousands of molecules to be evaluated in minutes. Machine learning is being used to envision protein folding just based on the amino acid sequence, and that's pretty complex. And you're seeing AI-based drug design occurring. Another big shift I think that you're seeing in the industry is is uh, is, a, is a shift towards collaboration and co-innovation, and this is being kind of driven by federated learning models and blockchain technologies. Uh, pharma per se did not, uh, you know, your 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 data is your IP, and the ability to share this data securely, securely to be able to actually train those algorithms on larger domain-specific data sets is transforming transforming the way it's happening. You're also seeing uh, a huge focus on cell and gene therapies. This is the fastest growing area of therapeutics right now. Yeah. And so the potential to actually accelerate the development of new therapies is huge. And yet, while we're going you know, down that precision medicine path, getting more and more personalized, I also see that there's a contrasting demand for data democratization. And data centricity and patient centricity are becoming two sides of the same coin. And uh, I'll, I'd love to reference back to what Lynn Dunbrack had mentioned in one of the previous uh, podcasts is, you know, the borders between healthcare and life sciences are blurring. So as you're seeing pervasive disruption sweeping across the industry and you're seeing disaggregated care anywhere models actually being adapted to life sciences, you're also seeing things like remote patient monitoring coming not only in healthcare, but also in decentralized trials and hospital at home initiatives, which are allowing you to treat uh, you know, acute patient conditions at homes, these are going to reduce costs of the cost of the care setting, as well as it's going to actually reduce the risk of iatrogenic um, um, disease illnesses and hospital-acquired infections. And one important thing I'd like to comment on over here, if you look at the internal rate of return for pharma, right? The internal rate of return for pharma productivity was like 7.2% in 2014, dropped to 1.6% in 2019, as was reported by Deloitte. But it increased to 2.5% in 2020. And why did it increase to 2.5% in 2020? When the whole industry was literally crashing, why should it improve? And I really believe that one of the things that changed was the adoption of technology, the openness to follow new business models, um, and the overall change in the mindset. Thank you very much. Very interesting. You work in such an exciting field, Namita. Being being able to see all this and embrace all this and, and be part of looking at it and analyzing must must keep you on your toes every day. I, I admire what you do. Mike Townsend, we'd love to get your thoughts. Talk to us for a couple minutes, please. Thanks, Bonnie. Yeah, Namita made some great points about the role of data uh, in uh, the, the life sciences. Um it's just been uh, it's just been incredible. The increase in data, the various sources of data that we're looking at, real world evidence or real world data, um, and how that's being used. You know, Namita touched on uh, the advantages it's bringing to drug discovery, to clinical trials, to repurposing of existing drugs, and so on. And I'm sure that you've all heard lately discussions about drug pricing. It's a, obviously a big topic in the news. And uh, one thing that uh, that I'm looking at uh, uh, very seriously is what's going to be the role of real world data in pricing decisions, not just the price of new drugs as they come on the market, 
but uh, as uh, as various drugs try to be placed in certain formularies, the you know the list of approved drugs that payers will uh, allow doctors to prescribe for certain patients. When you look at increases uh, that are requested on drugs that are still under patent, and even generic drugs, there's just going to be uh, a huge amount of interest in looking at that and making sure that the effectiveness of the drugs matches uh, the the uh, compensation, the pricing of that, the price increases of that, and that's all going to be eventually supported by data. Uh, so it's not going to be a lot of guesswork. Um, and that's going to be uh, exciting times for life science companies as well as payers and patients uh, alike. So uh, really looking forward to, uh, to get digging into that over the next few years. It's already, that work's already occurring, but we've got a, a long ways to go on that. Thank you very much. Namita, I'll let you wrap this up with one or two sentences because we're just about out of time. And, and this is the third of our three segments looking at healthcare and life sciences. So I'm glad to wrap it up with so much exciting optimism from you and Mike. Namita, closing thoughts quickly. What do you want to say? Thanks, Bonnie. Just to very quickly wrap it up, I, I mean, I do agree with what the points that Mike brought up. I really think it is about a world that's focused right now on data centricity and patient centricity. And this industry is obsessed with the patient experience as of now. Focus should be on compliance and patient centricity. That's it. Thanks, Bonnie. Patient centricity. Yes, that's all I'm going to say. Mike Townsend, thank you. Dr. Namita LeMay. And also thank you to, on our previous segments, Mike was on one, Namita was on one, Lynn Dunbrack, such a, a hero to me. She's been in this industry for so long and seen so much, doing so much good. And Taz Segawa, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off for another industry segment of Becoming Digitally Resilient with IDC Industry Thanks, Leadership. Shout out to Mary Conroy. Everybody wave. Don't go away. We're going to take pictures. Bye-bye. Bye.